You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? Welcome to another edition of Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, CJ Pacheco with Deez Mode. As Mr. Kevin Spotty Blackman Jackson just alluded to, we got our full squadron back tonight, all back from hiatus and whatever. First things first, let's kick it off. Ladies and gentlemen, you all know him, you love him. The man, the myth, the legend. Give it up for Mr. Kevin Jackson. Hi. And not to be outdone from his top bunker all the way in Idaho. He's frozen right now. He kind of looks like Andy Reid. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jimmy the Reaper Jardine. Guys, what's going on? Last week I had physical therapy and I was in the cell. Woke up and it was seven minutes. Yeah, I I did that. I I did that on. uh, Got too well. I did that on After Dark uh, a couple weeks ago. I did that same thing. Look, excited to be back, CJ. I know we got a lot to discuss tonight. Um, I mean, let's kick us off, man. Where yeah, do you want? Where do you want to begin? All right. Well, first things first. It's time for us to reminisce and to actually reflect on, of course, the 2021 season in which the New York Jets finished four and thirteen. Now, last week, but what I really wanted to talk to you guys about, and I'm very curious to get your input. We're gonna start with Kevin. Because uh, I'm very sure I'm I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. Talk to me about the reflection of the 2021 New York Jets football season, and where do you think yeah. they go from here? I'm thankful to have this opportunity, CJ. Once again, I really like being here. This is one of my favorite places with regards to being a Jets fan. It was a hard season, right? And if I if I have to begin, I'll begin by admitting that I was completely wrong about what actually happened with regards to what it is that I thought uh, was possible going into the season. And, uh, you know, again, I guess it was possible, right? But, you know, we got our our asses beat most weeks. I can't end it by being so negative because realistically, at the end of the season, we were kind of balling. I mean, you think we're talent depleted and still in the game with some of the best teams in the league. Um, And and that – I think says a lot about the maturity and the growth that actually we had gone through last season. It was, it was for all intent and purposes, the New York Jets rookie season, right? Because all of the most important thing outside of Joe Douglas, you know, who, and, and I'm sure we'll discuss that in a few minutes, but um, everything outside of Joe Douglas was new, right? New, new quarterback, new head coach, both new coordinators, new position coaches, you know, a lot of new players and, and real talk. Uh, I think it is on record, right? I think Jim said it last uh, a couple weeks ago. The the youngest roster in the league. How many rookies did we start, right? So overall, I think it was a net positive season, even with it being as bad a season as it is, right? Um, by no stretch are we where it is that we need to be. But uh, I gotta say, I'm so thankful we're not where we were, right? I mean, that's, that's the cliche. Jim, what do you think, man? We had hopes in the 2020 season that were obviously dashed right out of the gate. But tell me I'm wrong about this or tell me you guys felt any different. But in the 2020 season, I was turning on the Jets game so that I had stuff to talk about for the show on what we needed to fix. Like I had zero interest in the game. I had zero thoughts that we were actually going to play well. I had zero thoughts. I mean, we all knew that Frank Gore was going to get 35 carries at the A-gap. Just 42 yards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we didn't we didn't have anything if, if your focus was on win wins and losses 
you were just miserable the whole year. But 2021, we had some hope. We had some flashes. I mean, we we tied our last year, our 2020 win total, what, eight weeks in, nine weeks in? Um, we ended up doubling that. So, I mean, obviously there's a net positive there. We saw a lot of growth. We saw, I have, I have next gen stats on Zach Wilson that put him at, if these things had been different with these next gen stats, particularly drops that Zach Wilson would be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL this year. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of potential. He's got stuff to work on, obviously, but it's, I was going into games like, I wonder what Jets team is going to show up. Maybe we can win this one. So there was obviously more hope, and I was right there with you, Kev. I said eleven wins, but but again, I said that it's possible. So I'm not yeah. I'm not walking it back. I'm not doing anything like that. I own it, yeah. and I just think that you know, with the proper roster, which we didn't have a lot of injured injured players, a lot of IR time, but I still think that we could have been in a position with a healthy yeah. roster to go do something positive, but. Yeah. Um, I like where we're going. I think this team is gonna is gonna really show out next year. We just have to see what happens in free agency in the draft, obviously. So we'll be getting into that more in the offseason. Now we're in my time. Like this is my time to yeah. shine. I love yeah. the offseason. Yeah, yeah. I already know this is this is when it gets fun, right? This is when we have our this is when oh, we yeah. have our best debates. This is this is when a lot gets revealed, right? So uh, real talk. Yeah. I would I would not prefer to do it with anybody other than you guys. So I'm thankful that we're all back here tonight. Um, I'm ready to go. A lot of like good to see a lot of the folks in the in the chat right now. Nick, Nick Shine, want to thank you again, brother, for holding us down last week. Oh, really appreciate it. Lon Siegel in there uh, showing up. Matthias Simon, one of our regs, <laughs> hey. my guy. Uh, the Greenhouse, New York Jets football. That's what's good. Welcome aboard. Maybe if you have any questions in particular, you guys have some comments about. You know how bad joe douglas has been how good joe douglas has been or just anything in between that and uh you know what's going on with the medical staff and why can't uh, makai beckton get on the field after being injured in an in game one right so um, a lot of questions but a lot of positive stuff going into next season uh where you want to go next cj jimmy i'm going to start with your segment right there in the front office so if you are ready to go the floor is yours my friend on a lot of the reports and comments that i've seen on Facebook lately talking about how Joe Douglas does a terrible job. That's couldn't be further from the truth. Douglas is a proper rebuild for the first time in New York Jets history. And Joe Douglas is a big part of that. I've seen he doesn't handle free agent. I've seen that he doesn't draft well. When if our players were healthy, we had four rookies that were in line for Pro Bowl spots. I think Joe Douglas has done a tremendous job. He doesn't hit everything that he that he signs. 18 months as general manager was spent an abysmal front office disaster that Mike McCagnan had put forth. Awful contracts for 2019 was $27 million. In 2020, that's when Joe Douglas took over to deal with that in the 2020 season. The New York Jets dead cap was 53 million. 25% salary cap was dead. That is a bad GM. Joe Douglas is doing the job that we all need. This team is like a really bad wound, and Joe Douglas is doing that. Joe Douglas is ripping the Band-Aid off. All right, Kevin, what are your thoughts? It's going to end up working out really well because this is going to segue into, uh, you know, our next segment. But, you know, there really isn't much by way of leeway that's going to be given to Joe Douglas right now, right? Everything that he does is going to be under a microscope. Everything is going to be under the spotlight. Everything is going to be dissected. And, and you know, obviously, we're the Jets, and uh, we're Jets fans. 
So there's going to be some ridiculous takes also. And, and you know, I want to, I want to just kind of keep it in perspective right now. Um, Joe Douglas has done a serviceable job, right? Joe Douglas is not a horrible GM, but Joe Douglas has made some, what I think in hindsight are kind of critical mistakes, even going back to the, his, his very, you know, uh, beginning uh, when he failed to address the kicker and it actually took him a couple of years to even get it to a point where it's even functional right now with, with our guy Pinero. Look, Joe Douglas has a lot to answer for, but I think Joe Douglas has also given us, you know, enough to not, to not be jerks about it. Right. Like some, some folks are, I think they're just losing their mind and, and wanting to say negative stuff. But, um, you know, realistically, if you kind of weigh the scale, I would say it was 60, 40 positive, negative right now. And, and I mean, I know that's not, I know that's not really good, but considering where it is that we're coming from, what it is with when he came in and, uh, you know, the trajectory, it looks like we're on. I don't know, man. I say, give Joe, give Joe Douglas a break. CJ, what do you think, my man? I mean, are, are we, are we, are we kind of, are we wilding out a little bit right now, CJ? What do you think? Yeah, I listen, as far as I'm concerned with, with Joe Douglas, all right. He came out and he said it best during his end-of-year press conference with both he and Robert Sala had to answer a lot of tough questions in regards to the roster, in regards to the fact that the Jets have only won six games in a period of two years and came right out and said that it was unacceptable. So he took the blame. He took all the hits that he needed to take. There's really there's really no other coup de grace that he needs to complete in order to make anybody feel better because the guy who's pulling the strings right now already knows that the team is just friggin it, it it's just trash okay it's not good enough to be competitive in today's NFL and we saw it we started we started down the stretch to see this team play a little bit better we started to see Zach Wilson take those steps forward there are a couple of games this season that we can look back upon and say, despite all of the injuries, and despite all of the things working against the New York Jets during the course of the season, we were still able to put up competitive performances against said team. Okay, when you see Titans, you take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals. You take a look at the Indianapolis Colts before Mike White got hurt. At the Houston Texan game, in which the Jets kind of started having a little bit of a coming of age in a little bit of an ugly game that was a little bit a little bit of an ugly metamorphosis. But you know what? You started to see it a little bit in the Miami Dolphins game, even though we, we weren't fortunate enough to take W's in those games. You started to see it again against the world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, okay, in which they basically led the seconds. That was the only time that they held the lead in that game. So, And this is a team that at that particular time when we were playing the Buccaneers, we had quite a few practice squad guys and bums under the bridge that we had signed the week before to come in and help out because some key role players on this team were hurt and could not perform. All right? So there are some positives to be taken away. I'm waiting for Scott Cleesby to jump in the comments and say, Keep guzzling that Kool-Aid, CJ! But there is no Kool-Aid to guzzle. The proof speaks for itself. We're not on the level of the New England Patriots yet, on the Buffalo Bills yet, on the Pittsburgh Steelers yet, even though they're on a little bit of a decline, okay? If you take a look at playoff teams like the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas City Chiefs, okay, the Cincinnati Bengals, we're not on that level yet. But we have the potential to get to that level. 
And Joe Douglas said it best again during the press conference where he said it's not about just acquiring talent. It is about improving the football team as a whole. So as long as we can improve the football team as a whole and we are going out there and competing for a full 60 minutes, we will have a chance to win each and every game that we step out onto the field, no matter who that opponent is. Joe Douglas is going into his third offseason, so now it's time for him to either shitting it off the pot, which means next year we expect Zach Wilson to take a quantum leap we expect this offensive line to actually play like the offensive line to play like. We expect the defense to play on the level to match the offensive intensity. And we expect W's. And they better be a shitload more than four. Plain and simple. Because Joe Douglas knows it and Robert Sala knows it that it is not good enough for the New York Jets. For the New York Jets fan base. They know it. So the onus is on them. So put their money where their mouth is and start making dividends. That's what I have to say. Now... We're going to flip it on over to Mr. Kevin Jackson. <laughs> All right, so we're going to flip it over to, to uh, Mr. Kevin Jackson. Kevin has his solo segment. Very curious to find out who he's got in the white hot spotlight. I think I have a good idea who he's got. So, Spotty, take us in the spotlight, brother. Talk to me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Um, I hope you can see me. You know, the spotlight is a little bright, but uh, I'm getting ready to turn it on the only person who actually makes any sense to be in the spotlight right now, and that's Joe Douglas. Come on, guys. You guys know what we're talking about. Um, we are at a we're at a crossroads basically with what the expectations are going to look like going into next season. Um, Jimmy's and CJ have both made great points tonight about what Joe Douglas has done, the talent that he's been able to bring in, the talent that he hasn't been able to bring in, and really what the results are. Right. So realistically, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna shine the spotlight on Joe Douglas, warts and all. You can kind of see how it works, right? So we're looking at Joe Douglas. Questions about free agencies brought in some really, you know, he's brought in some solid names. Just unfortunately, none of them have really played well other than CJ Mosley. Morgan Moses, I guess you can make a case, arguably, uh, being a really solid uh, free agent that, that actually has played, um, you know, average average to, you know, pretty decent football. And George Fenton, who I think has been the star, really, of everything that he's done in free agency so far when it comes to production on the field, right? So we, we can look at, at what it is that he's done in the draft. Makai Becton, Denzel Mims, Ashton Davis, Jabari Zuniga, LaMichael Perrine, James Morgan, uh, Cameron Clark, who unfortunately still hasn't played a snap for us, but who we are hoping will be able to kind of make his presence felt this season. Uh, Bryce Hall, who's also been a really another, uh, another shining, you know, kind of uh, example of, of the, what's possible with these guys. And, and Braden Mann, who uh, for all intents and purposes is, is a decent punter, even though the stats might not show it. He's had some good games. But he's had stretches where he's been really horrible. Um, that was kind of year one, right? That was really when he decided when he decided this is when he's going to start making his stamp on the football team. And unfortunately, right. he did that with uh, he who he who shall not be named as the coach. And uh, and you know I, for whatever that may actually lend to the the players that he brought in, some of them are still decent. I mean, some of them are are really kind of not. Right, Denzel Mims. Uh, you know, you already know we've got a bad taste on our our mouth from that. Jabari Zuniga couldn't get on the field. Michael P. Ryan, who, you know, for better or worse, is either hated or loved. And then there's you know some other guys that really haven't made an impact at all outside of Bryce Hall. You know, I guess the the, the jury's still out on Makai Becton. So I mean, we'll, we'll we'll see, um, a little further into the future. We'll discuss that I'm sure here, uh, before the end of the show. So I mean, for year one, 
I'm not necessarily going to say it was horrible. I think we all looked at it and had some questions, but we really kind of thought it, overall it was a good job. Year two doesn't really look that good. I'm just going to be honest. Um, but also, we got to be real about it if we're going to say that uh, it takes three years to evaluate a draft class. I think that's probably what it's going to take for us to have an idea about what we're getting at of Makai Becton. I think uh, uh, Bryce is, is probably going to end up being the one guy for sure. Uh, that we know, you know, is 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 going to be considered a solid starter going forward. Um, so yeah, Joe Douglas, he's got some bumps. Um, this past draft, everybody knows that Joe Douglas, I think, may have. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of a, an example, right? Because my brother and I, um, shout out to my brother Ben. I, I hope, I'm sure he's probably watching right now, but um, we were talking about dynasty building and. Looking at the old school teams, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an older guy, obviously. Um, I remember them Steelers from back in the day, even though I was a kid kid, right? Like a really young kid. But, you know, going back and looking at it, those guys, they were building players. They were a bad team. They were a bad team. And then the Steelers in that draft, they got, what, four Hall of Famers, uh, Starworth and, 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 and Lynn Swan and all them other guys. And, man, that is putting me in the mind of possibly what it is that we saw out of the draft when we're talking about Zach Wilson, uh, Elijah, Vera, uh, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter, all fellas to the next level, if if Joe Douglas can continue to build around them. Jamie and Sherwood down, you know, it's kind of hard to say. Uh, Sherwood, bitten by the injury bug, showed that he had some difficulties as a rookie, but, uh, you know, also flashed some, some physical potential. We'll see how that goes. Um, Jason Pinnock, who, you know, with the uh, slide over to the safety position from where it is that he was showed that he's at least capable of being there um, as a DB. And I'm, I know Jimmy will, will, will can vouch for this um, as a DB. The more you play, the more cocky you get, the better you feel like the more you feel like you're that guy. And as a DB, I think that's what these guys really are wanting. Hamza Nazirudin flashed a couple things at the end of the season, but you know, is, is he, you know, maybe better at, at going back to safety is it, it's kind of difficult to say Brandon Eccles who looked, like he might be able to, you know, really play. And, and he, again, you know, towards the end, he just, he looks like a rookie. And, uh, you know, I think our defensive scheme really wasn't doing him any favors, but I think it also put them in position where they had to grow up fast. And these guys have shown that they're just, uh, you know, how much better can they be? And then Jonathan Marshall, who, uh, you know, obviously we, we've seen him on the, on the field a few times, um, but we're not exactly sure what it is. But again, these guys are rookies, brand spanking new. And that list of names from what it is that we just, you know, what I just ran through, we've got guys that are solid contributors and actually look like they possibly could be going forward. So why Joe Douglas is in the spotlight. All of those names that I just ran through are guys that he is responsible for bringing in. You just heard in the press conference, he says he has to be better. Him and Robert Sala, they're on the same page. Joe Douglas has to, he has to nail this draft. Point blank, period, the end. He has, and, and I mean, realistically, what are we talking about, right? The 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 first uh, nine picks in, in five rounds? Really? We're talking about, in, in essence, four first-round picks if you're going between uh, four and 38, right? Because there's only 32 teams. Obviously, they're going to be first-round talents that fall to the second round. If Rex Hogan and those guys are really good at what it is that they do in, in compiling talent, um, and Joe Douglas is good at picking him and making that final decision. There really isn't any reason why we can't come away with what amounts to be maybe five to six guys that are worthy of first round grades.
I don't think it's far-fetched if we're looking at the numbers and the way that the draft has been falling over the course of the past few seasons. So, look, most importantly right now, the player personnel decisions that are made for this team going forward are going to be the legacy that – and if Joe Douglas wants his legacy to last beyond that the first couple of picks, I'm sure we'll debate who wants what and what's what. I personally – I'm going to trust them for right now, right? I'm going to trust them for right now. Been bitten too many times by this team. Look, I thought John Nitzik might have, might have been onto something for a minute, right? I was willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. It's because I'm a Jets fan. Fact of the matter is, Joe Douglas should be feeling some 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 pressure right now. He should be feeling some heat right now. But I also do not want him to deviate from his plan. I would like to see him execute what it is that he feels is the best direction for this team to go in. So far, I want to say I've liked some of the things that he's done. I haven't liked some of the things that he's done. But I also have to consider that he was a rookie um, just not a couple of years ago himself. Joe Douglas is in the spotlight tonight, guys, because as we go into this offseason, which is really one of the, the most impactful times for us, it's one of the most exciting times. It's one of the times where you get the best content, the best, you know, pods, the best shows, the best analysis, the best video. You get all of that because it happens. And that's why Joe Douglas is in the spotlight. Joe Douglas is in the spotlight, guys. I don't know. Jim, I, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm notorious for long answers. I don't disagree with you at all, Kevin. I and I know I made it sound like Joe Douglas is like the end all be all. And I'm, I'm not saying that he is. Uh, my perspective just goes into counter with people that refuse to see the actual progress that Joe Douglas has done for this team rather than, you know, a more objective take. So I, I get what you're saying. And I, and I was the one this last year that said that we should demand more from this team at all levels from ownership on down to the players. And I stand by that. You can take the 2020 draft class and throw it out because that was for a different that draft class was built for a different coaching regime and I don't think you can put that on what what we're doing now so yeah, from 2021 moving forward I think that was part of the problem they're, they're kind of just I, not good players sir. I don't disagree and I and I do think that Joe Douglas does need to hit and I think he hit pretty hard in 2021 so I think that the 22 draft is going to be just as good regardless of what they decide to do and we're in future shows we'll start getting into the draft and whatnot but Douglas has a lot to prove but I think the cards have been stacked against him from the start with with the mess he had to clean up the coaching staff he had to deal with before 2021 so I, I think that people are just discounting a lot of and not saying you guys but I think that people on social media are just discounting a lot of things that were there as factors yeah. you know moving forward I think Joe Douglas is still the guy I, I agree. Um, and, and again, I, I, I poked at Joe Douglas because I want I want it to be known this is kind of an objective take, right? Joe Douglas has been bad in certain things. If I'm going to give you my Homer take on this, I really I do trust Joe Douglas, man. I, I trust that this guy is, is going to make the types of decisions that, you know, may, maybe they might not be something that you look at, you know, the right decision in the long term. What do you think, CJ? Where you at? Well, I'll tell you where I'm at in this. And the, the both of you bring up tremendous points because this is this is something that's been a little bit of a hot comments. Plus, we also got a comment from Scott Gillespie in here that I want to get on the air. So, first off, Joe Douglas has to improve the talent on this team because we, as Jet fans, 
chronically through history have overestimated and talked ourselves into players that play on this roster that they are going to be the best thing since sliced bread and they are going to be the key to the Jets having a winning season and so on and so forth. And we always end up with our faces in the mud. And I, I don't know about any of you, but I'm tired of it. So for me, what some people would consider good enough or what some people would consider, hey, well, it's fair, it is not good enough for me. Because I watch other teams with less do more than the New York Jets have done over the past decade. And we have had over a billion dollars to build and rebuild this franchise. And we have not done it. We have repeatedly taken steps backward. Which is just completely and utterly aggravating. And I know I'm frustrated with it. Kevin, I know you're frustrated with it. Jimmy, I know you're frustrated with it. One of the things that that I keep going over, Joe Douglas has to prove that his plan is working. And the only way that he's going to be able to prove that his plan is working is if we see results on the field. Because nobody wants to hear lip service. All right? I said it a couple of times that Robert Sala was probably more losses away from all gas, no break, being a punchline. One of the things that I am looking for is they need to now utilize the draft assets that they have, utilize the cap space, and try to accelerate this rebuild so that way this team can become competitive. We already have a semblance of a core. It may not be much, but we have a semblance of a core. Now we have to build, and this is the time to build out. Now, as I prefaced before, Scott Cleesby had a comment. He had two. First off, Jimmy, this one is directed to you. He hopes that your mom is feeling better. Uh, the second comment was in Kevin about the talent. The talent. How has free agency worked out? He keeps trying to get second tier free agents because he doesn't want to spend the money. When you keep having cap money left over each year, your team will never, will never improve. Since you now have to replace all of the players you cut or have to fill because they only had one year deals. No, it was horrible. You can say it. It won't kill you. I promise. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be able to agree with that uh, in full, though, because I think the problem that we saw was that the free agents that we really were expecting to have the impact were hurt, right? They were injured. Injuries really. I mean, as much as maybe we don't give it the 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 type of credit that it deserves in this, um, injuries really, man, they messed us up before the season even started. They jacked us up. So, I mean, yeah, free agency, I'm not, look, again, I can't say it's been great, but guys that, you know, that that really were the names, the guys that we kind of really were expecting outside of Corey Davis, right? I have to, I agree in percent on the Corey Davis thing because, yeah, he's a number two straight up. Yeah, and it's frustrating the fact that he did not live up to the contract that he has. He's been a little bit of a disappointment. And it's frustrating because the more that Corey Davis did not deliver, and plus, you know, look, We could talk about the drops. We could talk about the Denzel Mims disappearance. We could talk about so many people on this team who underachieved or basically did not achieve at all this season. Okay? We could also talk about players that were criminally underutilized that probably could have helped people out, but I'm not going to go on another rant. Another thing we could also talk, talk about is people that actually took a step forward. People who we said, holy cow, who the heck is this person? Okay? 
Did anybody see Braxton Berrios making the All Pro season at the at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of the season? I know I didn't. I wanted the kid cut. All right, and he made a fool out of me. I don't know how many people he made a fool out of, but you know what? He made a fool out of me. So that kid deserves a contract extension. But another thing too was John Franklin Myers. John Franklin Myers signed a contract extension, and for periods throughout the season. He started to disappear during games where he was being paid to be a difference maker. And I understand that there's, there was no Vinnie Curry, there was no Carl Lawson, there were injuries along the defensive line, and we did not get the rotation that we were promised, but it, you, you still need to go out there and play. At all levels right now, we, we, we're, we're seeing, you know, our defense being an impact. I mean, did we even really have a healthy linebacker all season outside of CJ Mosley? You know, yeah, Quincy, but Quincy, you know, Quincy should be a backup. Quincy's not a starting linebacker in this league. You know what? I, I will admit this. The, the the free agency acquisition, can't say Joe Douglas has been perfect. Can't. Cannot. Well, he's making the swing. But it's, it's a net positive. That's what I'm saying. Like, we're going to have to dodge these slings and arrows, Jim. I'm telling you right now, because yes. they're going to keep coming. I mean, there's, a, there's always something that you can poke at to say, yeah, this is this is this, this is that, whatever. But the fact of the matter is we are better than we were. Really no way to argue that. You can look at our roster just as it stands right now, and notwithstanding the injuries, we are a better team now than we were. And that is a testament to what Joe Douglas has been doing. Also, you know, I don't want to, you know, not say that we haven't been coaching these guys up, but bringing in the type of talent that can be coached to be good at this level. That's what it takes. So Scott Gillespie's comment, and Kevin, you actually responded to him very, very much in kind, because we're the only team in the NFL that had injuries. No, we're not the only team in the NFL that had injuries. But you know what? We had over 60% of our active roster on injured reserve. And how much of that toward our cap space, all right? And that was another thing that Joe Douglas brought up in, in, in the yeah. end-of-year press conference as well. You're not going to win very many games when you got 60% of your roster being on injured reserve. And another point that I'm going to keep hammering home till you idiots kind of figure it out over there is that the defense can't spend 70% of the time on the field, and you expect to win football games. Absolute garbage. Why? Because they were exhausted. Jimmy, anything to add? It kind of is what it is right now. This is the point in time where... Now we're just speculating to speculate. <laughs> Joe Douglas feel a little bit of pressure. Allen Robinson, who's if Seattle wants their number 10 pick back for DK Metcalf, that I'll tell you right now that I would not mind having DK Metcalf in green. Yeah, you're not the you only person because we've uh, we've we've actually I'm not I'm, I'm not even mad at that. Yeah, we've we, we've actually talked about that at at length, believe it or not, and uh, there's been some uh, some stuff that's been brought up about that. So, Greenhouse, New York Jets football, he's in there. He wants DK Metcalf, so. Like I told you guys before we started, contracts are there. Like, you can look this stuff up. I don't know what is so difficult about it. <laughs> like, and if I if I type slower, it doesn't come through when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do anything for these guys. I, can't. I got nothing, man. I can't. I can't. <laughs> if you're Wait a second. Hooked on Phonics didn't idiot, work for you? If I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man, like, not me, them, <laughs> them. I'm fine. So did they at least ask for a refund? I want to know. I just can't stand being spoken down to by who gets his takes from Colin Coward or Stephen A. Smith. Who are you? Ooh. All right, look, um, y'all want to y'all want to continue to talk about Joe Douglas, or y'all want to get onto this to get onto free agency and the draft portion of it? I think we beat Joe Douglas to death. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, that I, I would agree with that. Let, let's leave let's leave uh, let's leave Mr. Suave alone. So I mean, look, 
As as far as free agency is concerned, there's a whole list Nick of free agents. Uh, God no to Metcalf. He disappears in way too many games for my liking. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I thought I saw that. Nick, you don't like uh, you don't like DK? Nick, I, I rip you apart on that comment yeah. on After Dark. Oh, I, think oh, oh, I, think I can't DK wait for this. This is going to yeah, be good. So what? Free agency first? Yes. First? Go, to, go to free agency. So, Kevin, you... We haven't gotten too deep into the draft yet. Kevin, you you kick it off. We'll go to Jimmy. I'll, I'll finish it up. Go for it. The wide receiver names, I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't like it. Um, I don't think that we do much by way of free agent acquisition. I do think that DB, linebacker, and safety are all in play. I don't necessarily believe that there's a pass rusher that makes any difference either at this point in time. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say free agency are probably going to be limited to very few positions. I think Joe Douglas, um, if he does spend money, is going to spend heavily on maybe two of those, and then maybe he'll fill in, you know, with some with some second tier guys just to kind of round out after the draft and going into camp. But uh, I'm I'm gonna keep it real. I know, and I, I think I saw Nick uh, comment this in 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 the chat a little earlier because I, I feel the same way. Jets fans they want to win free agency every single year. Get all of the bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't agree with that. Obviously. I think we should be smart. Just like I tell my kids, just because you got a lot of money doesn't mean you got to pull it out, flash it, and spend it all. You know what I'm saying? Mm. If you're going to buy something, make sure that it's make sure that it's worth it, right? And uh, in this situation right now, I think Joe Douglas is deviate from his his kind of philosophy of being smart about what it is that he does and not over not not ridiculously overpaying. Yeah, you might want to give a, a one or two million a little extra here, a little there. Um, I, I'm, I'm saying five million five hundred thousand to Braxton Berrios instead of just the straight five that I think he should get. You know, I, I'm not I'm not mad at that either. But um, I don't I don't think this free agency is going to be as exciting as people think, and I think that's going to lend itself to some really ridiculous takes going into the draft. Talk to me, Jim. I don't know what Joe Douglas is going to do. We've seen him. We've seen him be really conservative so far and i just have this weird feeling come up with a splash type of signing i really do i think it could i think it could be a trade for dk metcalf nick i don't care what you say uh <laughs> yeah but would you it could would you that. give up would you get up the, uh, the the number 10 pick for it see i wouldn't I wouldn't give up a first rounder for DK Metcalf. I would if that shouldn't even be on the table, and here's why: DK wasn't even a first round draft pick to begin with, so and he didn't produce well this year, so he's Shit. not a they, he's not a number ten pick value. No. If they want they the number ten, you want a trade? I'll give you Denzel Mims. Here you go, first second round pick. DK was is a first round physical specimen who may not actually be an extremely elite football player. He has the ability to be really good. I think as part of a as part of a group of of good players, I think you know he he has really big playability. Um, and I mean, real talk, I, I'm I'm joking when I say you know you know give away throw throw the house at him. But uh, let me keep it real, DK. Uh, look, we haven't had a thousand yard receiver. The, the 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 closest that we've had has been Robbie Anderson, and y'all know people hate Robbie Anderson, right? He, but he's been I the closest hate, I hate Robbie that we've Anderson. had in, in mad years. I, I mean, I, I know we've talked about, talk about this multiple times, right? But but again, that kind of that's kind of proves my point, right? Because that's the guy. He's been the closest to that mark that, that we've had since uh, you know since Brandon Marshall and them cats. So um, I don't know, man. Low Litchmore with a with a brilliant comment: three seasons, thirty touchdowns. Shrug emoji, hundred percent lol. I absolutely yeah. agree with you, man. That is a gigantic target for the ball, 
And you ask Buda Baker, you ask Buda Baker if DK's fast. Because we yeah. know DK's fast. We watched him smoke Buddha. <laughs> yep. Literally on, on, on television. That dude was toast. Smoke Buddha. And he freaking gave him a head start. Did you say smoke Buddha on TV, right? Yep. <laughs> he smoked Buddha right on TV. And he gave him a 10 yard cushion just in spite and still caught his ass. So nah, nah, I'm sorry. You see the other camera angles on, on you see the other camera angles on, on Buda Baker's face when DK's chasing him down. That man was terrified. He was terrified. It's like DK's gonna eat me. Lowell Lichmore in savage mode in the comments right now. Over 3,000 yards also. Yeah, that's what Hell yeah. Lowell, I got you, brother. Nah, I tell you something. Look, I I, I like DK Metcalf. I also like Amari Cooper right, too. So and he's not missed. He's not missed a game. Just real quick, the last comment I have on DK is he's also not missed a game, and he started every game that he's played except for one. So not a health concern. Uh, as far as Amari Cooper, if Amari Cooper is on, he's absolutely unstoppable. But he is very inconsistent. Now that might not all be on him. He does have Dak Prescott, who is also a gigantic, inconsistent piece of that puzzle. And CD Lamb has also taken a lion's share of the touches out there in Dallas. But I just, I, I think, I think Amari Cooper is a high price. It's a big risk. Super facts, super facts, Und, un, incontrovertible, no question. Um, look, I, I, and I think a lot of these guys have question marks, right? Like specifically. You know, the, the guy who started off all of the free agent uh, conversation anyway, Calvin Ridley, right? 1,400-yard guy. Right. 1,400-yard mm-hmm. guy. My only right? concern. Everybody's talking. Everybody, the 1,000-yard the season. My only concern about Ridley is the fact that, yes, he took time off to work on his mental health. I think that if the Jets are going to dip their toe into that pool, Joe Douglas needs to get an idea where exactly his head is at. Because sometimes when a player takes time off to take care Mm -hmm. of their mental health, and sometimes their issues are are not fully resolved, they have a tendency to crop up in in season, and then then you end up losing a weapon. So for me, is A, he is 100% healthy both physically and mentally, and he is coming here and working his ass off to be a member of the New York Jets. That's number one. Because I will no longer, as a fan, tolerate people that are going to come in and act like the Jets suck anyway. I'm just going to come here and get paid so we can pay the Jet tax and all that other bullshit. All right. And we're not going to get the potential, i.e. Trumaine Johnson, i.e. Muhammad Wilkerson when he got paid, i.e. every other friggin' free agent for the past five years that came over here that got paid big money that ended up doing nothing. Calvin Ridley better be 100% physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and whatever else he's got to do. If he's coming here to be a New York Jet and we're giving up significant compensation to get him, he better be 100% the real deal. Mm -hmm. I better not hear about chronic vaginitis. I better not hear about turf toe. I better not hear about jock itch. I better not hear about migraine headaches. I better not hear about heartburn. I better not hear about diarrhea. And the list of other stuff that I could bring up will go on and on and on. But this is a family pro- this is a family program, and I'm going to keep it clean. He better be ready to go. <laughs> this is why I love CJ, man. CJ is a beast. <laughs> and this has been a public service what announcement from CJ I'll the Painkiller D. Smoke. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.
the more you know. <laughs> what? <laughs> Think outside the box on this a little bit, though, CJ, is Calvin Ridley actually came out um, and said that he needed to take time for his mental health, which is an actual view at this point. It's an admirable you know, thing to do. There's a lot of stigma that goes on with, with mental health, and especially in a masculine environment like the NFL, you know, like there, there's so many, there's so many mindsets of just sack up and deal with it. You know, I applaud him for actually speaking up and taking the time and hoping that he just has some things he's got to work on because when they don't speak up about, about mental issues, you end up with Antonio Brown and that's going to be a problem. Wow. Right. Wow. Yeah. No, Thank you, Jimmy. Um, Thank Lowe, you. Can, can you drop that? Can you drop that link for the PFF for the, the O-line joint? Low, if I, I I just saw the comment, PF rank, uh, PFF ranked our line eleven. Yup, yeah, uh, I heard about this on yeah, the Ain't Easy could, Being could Green drop, podcast. That shout out to them. Could, could one of y'all drop the link in the chat for me, please, please? I definitely have it's some not, choice words about uh, about PFF. Not wrong that. No, I'm, I'm I'm not saying he's wrong. I just I I need it for my. <laughs> I'm gonna use it. No, 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 totally, totally. <laughs> I'm saying that's that's, that's why. That's why my focus shifted. I I was originally like my my original thought process. You draft Evan Neal at four, and you draft and you reach just a little bit. I mean, it's not a big reach. It's only like six or seven picks. But you draft uh, Linderbaum at ten, and you solidify that O line. But yeah. but then again, I saw what Lowell was talking about at the PFF rankings, and I'm like, we have a pretty good offensive line. Zach Wilson dealing with 35% on-target throw drop rates from his receiving room, Come except on. for who? Braxton Berrios. There's not a single drop. Yeah, yeah. With 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 Wilson dealing with that, I yeah. I kind of switched from. I still want Evan Neal really bad, really really bad, because that's either going to re solidify the left tackle spot or it's going to put it's going to light a fire under Mackay back then to get better. In which case then now we have our two bookend tackles, cool. but I think it needs to be an O-lineman at four. Neil is the only one that I would take at four. We need a weapon for Zach. Now, if we, if we end up getting a receiver like DK or Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, I wouldn't hate any one of the three. Yeah. I'm not too keen on Amari Cooper, but I wouldn't hate it. I'm going to keep it if real. I don't want none of them. If we I, get, I think it might be a bad take. I don't want none of them. I really don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think any of them are going to be what it is that this particular team needs in this particular time. I. I. I I'm, it just doesn't feel right to me, and that's just a gut thing, right? I'm. I'm a fan, obviously. It's just a gut thing for me. I. I don't. I don't like the idea of adding any of them. You know, I'm gonna keep it real. As much as as this might not be a popular take, I think Allen. Allen Robinson might actually be the guy that I would prefer to have, but. You know, like to draft the guy. We can get Allen for the mad cheap right now and still draft the guy. True. I, I like in the draft. I mean, we'll probably talk more about the draft, but in the draft yeah. wide receiver wise, I like Drake London a lot. I know everybody likes Drake, man. I still like I still like Traylon better, man. I, I, I have this prejudice. I want Zach to have this big monster ass receiver. I just want him to yeah. have this big, big Drake up- London. Yeah, look, yeah, you know, I, and. I'd like listen, long, listen, listen yeah. to this though. Listen yeah. to this. He did have an ankle fracture injury that ended his 2021 season. I remember that. But WebMD, I've looked all this up. WebMD, the the ankle heals, ankle bones heal really well. Tendon damage in the ankle, so he's gonna heal. He's already approaching the end of the rehab time that he would have been down. It's gonna take a couple more months for him to get full mobility back safely, but he's gonna get there. 
Now think about this. In eight games that he played, he had 88 receptions. He had 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns. He also led the NCAA for the whole season in his eight games. He led the NCAA in contested catches with 19. That's what I want. Six foot five, 210 pound guy that's going to fight for that ball every single time. That's what I want. The only thing is he just doesn't have breakaway speed on longer routes. I, I again, I'm not, I like I like four or five guys, right? That are really in my upper echelon that I would consider anywhere before we get to 35, right? Well, be Jameson Dallas, Williams too from Bama, but look, I you know what? I really do like that guy, but for whatever reason, I am kind of a little nervous about the Alabama wide receiver thing. He's gonna miss two thirds of the season, no matter what, in 2022. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like uh, that the the kid that linebacker they had a, a few years ago that had that really bad knee injury came back and was decent and then really only was good for maybe a season and then was 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 released. So Willis McGay yeah, and McGay he was a monster too in college. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. Um, look, Trillon Burks, man, I'm 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 I think that's the hill I'm gonna die on this year, man. You know, you talk about a guy that you know has to get uh, you know custom made gloves because his hands are so big. Yeah, that's the guy. Like that. <laughs> that's the guy right there that's what I'm it's about. ohio state right yeah no trail on Bursa, um arkansas oh arkansas yeah man thinking? you thinking of wilson was, wilson or olave is that that's too, too not o- olave i was olave. thinking a guy next to him but it yeah, wasn't no. chris olave no no no, no cats is it olave or olave olave i don't think it's <laughs> not going to disrespect your name my guy <laughs> right should have came out last year should have came oh, out right. last year Right. But 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 realistically, I would also think and, and, and just just because I don't I don't want to deviate too far from this because the wide receiver question, I think, is probably going to be one that we definitely have to, you know, hash out. I mean, we have we have a lot of question marks. Right. I mean, we've, we've got the foundational pieces. We got some guys. We got Elijah Moore. We got Corey Davis. You know, what I'm saying we don't know what what, what they're going to do with if if Mims makes it back to training camp. You know, I mean, does it even have an effect? Braxton Berrios, we, we want to see him back in the mix. I guess the expectation is we will see him back in the mix at some point in time. For more but on I, Braxton Berrios and whatnot, tune into After Dark. Yeah, let's do that. After Dark, I got a bunch. I got a big list. We're gonna do, we're gonna do offense. Yes, it's gonna be. Um, but yeah, we're gonna need two at least, right? Yeah, yeah we're gonna have to because you know right now depth is an issue on this team. Because I mean, as you saw it to the last couple of games at the end of the season, yeah, we were we were pretty much starting practice squad guys, school guys, and a couple of bums, I think, that they found under the Brooklyn Bridge that they were like, hey, you want to come play for us for a week? So we'll give you a ham sandwich and a jockstrap. Hey. So, you know, it's look, the, the bottom line is, <laughs> that, is that, that... That jockstrap is going to live tonight. <laughs> that, dude, the jockstrap, I tell you... <laughs> <laughs> the jockstrap is very important. We're going to talk about the importance of the jockstrap on Weapons Hot After Dark because there are a few jockstrap awards that I want to give out. So, <laughs> but anyhow. Okay. The jockstrap <laughs> awards. That, that'll be an After Dark segment. Yes, it's got to be an After Dark side, This is a side note. I think that we kind of are going to, we're going to, we're going to end up needing to discuss at some point in time anyway. Matthias Simon posts in the comments, we also need a running back who could take a beating and keep on, and keep on taking. Um, right. I have to agree with that. Um, as much as I love Michael Carter, that concussion at the end of the season, that really scared me because it was one of those glancing things. It's not like he got crushed, right? Right. And if that becomes a problem, that's really difficult to overcome. He's he's a little too small, right? Um, so I most 
definitely think that we are going to need to maybe expect that fourth, fifth round running back to get to, to be selected this season. Um, I would like to discuss those a little later on. I'm sure I'm sure we're going to start doing positional stuff, you know, going forward. But yeah, that's we going to be fun. The running back, I think, is going to be fun. There are some guys. I mean, there's a lot of guys, you know, just they're just all over the place. They're not great. But I mean, I'm not even sure if there's really, you know, do you need to be a great running back anymore? The NFL yeah, you, know, you need to you you you, kinda, you, you still don't. need to it's a, it's you, a very... you still need to be a good a, a a good to great running back because of the fact of how much the running back is involved in the passing game. Whereas even run heavy teams like the Jets were supposed to be this year to to run the 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 Michael Ford Shanahan type of offense. They not only have guys that hit between the tackles and can also you know get that burst to get to the second level. But you also need to be able to pat, you know, protection, and also be able to catch out of the backfield and be able to make guys miss when you need to. So you need that that explosiveness. You need that ability to be able to cut on a dime, uh, to be able to make guys miss when you need to get those extra yards. And most of all, you know, your quarterback doesn't need to backpedal ten yards and then mistakenly step out of bounds, you know, resulting in a ten yard stack to give you, you know, third and twenty six instead of a third and two. So, but I. I digress. So, gentlemen, we're going to go around the room. Let's do some final um, thoughts. Jimmy, we're going to start with you. Then we'll circle back around to Kevin. And I'm going to wrap it up as we uh, we get ourselves out of here. We're starting to come up against it. Sounds good. Uh, I will actually use my final thoughts. Uh, Matthias Simon, any free agent running backs? There are, but I Thank don't you. want any of them. <laughs> uh, it comes, no! It looks like Melvin Gordon, David Johnson, Jalen Richard. We're already into guys I don't know. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, you I got mean, a guy on the roster who's picking his ass over here in LaMichael Pirine. What do you need another running back for? It's like Scott Kalisby said, man. Pirine sucks, right? <laughs> man, wait. Here you go. Bam! There I know, you go. I know the delay. I don't hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, was, that was hard. That was hard. That was hard. Uh, anyway, final thoughts, like the only, uh, to answer Matt's question, the only, the only running back that I would even look at right now, Raheem Mostert, maybe, but I wouldn't take any sloppy seconds on the, on the free agent running back market. Fournette is an interesting name. I'm just going to be honest with you. Fournette is an interesting name. Just, but, but I think that has more to do with, you know, the, the kind of veteran presence that I think that he brings. He's been on really good teams and he's a really and he's been a really effective player um i don't know it depended upon what the contract looked like that would be something that I, I it would probably make me scratch my head for a minute instead of yeah i mean it it just depends i i think we can find a bruiser back in in the draft yeah like, that, that, the, the, kid, the, the kid the kid from georgia in the fifth round i i don't know i i just my final thoughts i think we we need to stick to the plan i think we need to build through free or build through the draft and supplement through free agency. And I think we draft offense early this year and sign defense. Just get some defensive players in this building. And if they get hurt, start hitting them in plug. Just be like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm done with it. I'm done with it, man. Today's NFL. Like you're out three weeks with a hangnail. I'm, I'm over it, bro. Like what happened to like 1970s in ball where, what happened to Lot? The man cut his finger off to keep playing. No. Show me a player like that. Sign that guy. These daggone millennials getting football contracts. 
Get off my lawn. <laughs> the pussification of the NFL continues. Right? That's what I feel. I just feel like saying that right now. This this is a neighborhood. I can't. Get off my lawn, you young whippersnappers. When I was your age. I used to walk both ways to school in the snow, uphill. I just pictured Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino, sitting wow. on the porch, sitting on the porch, just like, ugh. <laughs> ugh. That was a good movie, too. Yeah. That was a really good movie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was. It was a good movie. All right, Kevin, your thoughts. Go for it. Final thoughts are, I love you guys, man. This is the most fun. <laughs> this is a waste of question. I want to thank everybody in the comments really intelligent stuff going on tonight guys that's the reason why we rock with you thank you for rocking with us as far as this is concerned the new york jets and what's getting ready to take place why aren't you excited right now i mean real talk the conversations that we're going to be having over the course of the next few weeks and months it's going to be ridiculous get ready for some wildness get ready for some fun stuff get ready for some off the wall takes but get ready for a lot of it you know to kind of or hopefully excuse me to be grounded in some reality. Um, follow the guys like Joe Blewett, like Luke Grant. Check out the film reviews because there's going to be a lot of those going on. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we'll, we'll follow, you yeah, follow, follow the same Exactly. Yo, Jets X. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you right now. X, the X, is, X does it big. Um, also, the Badlands feed. You got to rock with the Badlands feed. I'm just, I'm just going to throw that out there right now because them cats, they drop a lot of good stuff. It's entertaining. Um, one last thing. Play like a Jet. Don't sleep. Don't sleep on play like a jet. Um, but yeah, th this is a great time of year. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna run this. Saw something earlier that said fake it until you become it, right? So it's a hell of a time to be a Jets fan right now. We do have a lot of really realistically positive things, right, in play. Um, this is gonna be fun. It's just gonna be fun. And I I, I couldn't think of a better place to do it here with, with CJ and Jimmy. I'm sure we're gonna have some guests, we're gonna have some stuff to talk about, but free agency to draft the whole thing uh look after dark is is the place to be if you have not show up we'll be there tonight i'll let your boy <laughs> all right ladies and gentlemen we're gonna end tonight's episode of weapons hot a new york jets fan broadcast here i'd like to thank everyone who joined us tonight all of you in the comments every single one of you every single one of you watching who did not comment Thank you guys so much for the views tonight. You can follow the show on Twitter at CNC Jets Factor. You can follow me at JetsFan0523. My partner's in crime right over here on the other side of the glass. Mr. Kevin Jackson at Spotty Blackman. Ladies, make sure you write that down in your little black book. And, of course, Jimmy the Reaper Jardine at Jets by Jimmy. By the way, Gitmo Bob gave you a brand new name. It's called Jets by Drinky. So, I'm going to tell you all about that. <laughs> on After Dark, baby, because that is an After Dark vehicle. Oh, yeah. So, three places where you could catch Weapons Hot. Weapons Hot on YouTube, Weapons Hot After Dark, all right? That's our uncensored show, by all means. Tonight, we're going on between 9 and 9.15. Please, if you haven't already liked and subscribed, please go ahead and do so. Click the little bell for the notifications. Every time we go live, you will get a ping. Yes. Secondly, right here on the Worldwide at 7 p.m., Worldwide Sports Radio Network has a Facebook page. Go hit that like. Okay? Weapon Todd has a Facebook page. Go hit that like. All right? And another way, download the app. 
Worldwide Sports Radio Network has an app in Ooh. which not only you can consume Weapons Hot, but also the other cool shows that are on this network. If you have an Android, go to Google Play. If you have an Apple, go to the iOS store and search up WWSRN. Shout out to Mr. Daniel Smith, the Jets guru himself, Mr. Garen Brown, Brower Jr., yeah. and Mr. Tyrus Kennedy. You can catch yours truly every Tuesday night doing a little solo show called Weapons Hot Mission Briefs where I bring up a specific topic that's eating away at me. Yes, there's a lot of cursing. Yes, there's a lot of drinking. Yes, there's a lot of angry banter back and forth. <laughs> and we welcome your comments. So, right. again, three ways you could check out Weapons Hot. So, ladies and gentlemen, for Jimmy the Reaper Jardine, Kevin, Mr. Spotty Blackman, I'm your host, CJ the Painkiller DeSimone, signing off. We will see you guys when we see you guys. <laughs> Peace, love, go Jets. The offseason is going to be exciting. Let's try and stay positive. And most of all, let's see exactly if Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to put their money where their mouths are. This has been Weapons Hot, a New York Jets fan broadcast on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.